Now, the world's biggest tech conference has wrapped up its four-day run in Las Vegas, CES, or the Consumer Electrics Show 2018. Uh, Shed light on AI technology and home gadgets, smart cars, and even smart cities. Google made its debut with voice recognition technology, while Samsung received the largest number of innovation awards with its new modular TV. Let's now bring in Devin Coldaway, Seattle-based writer and photographer for TechCrunch, to look at the highlights. Thank you very much for speaking with us today. Hey, happy to join you. And... Maybe we can start with your favorite gadgets. Uh, anything particularly interesting that caught your eye this year? Yeah, I like to focus on the smaller companies, little startups and things. And I thought there were a couple of really great ideas from these smaller companies. I ran into one called Life Door that uh, it turns out that in a, in a fire, if you have a fire in your home, one of the best things you can do is just all the doors should be shut. So they have this little device that fits on the door and it just automatically closes the doors in your house if it hears a, a fire alarm or a smoke detector. And that could, you know, this could actually save lives. It could, uh, you know, prevent a lot of damage and stuff. And it's just made by a couple of uh, smart people and some firefighters who uh, thought this would be a, a way to, to help people out. Um, so that, and, you know, they're not a big company or anything like that. And I, I found one more also um, called Lishtot, which is, has a little tiny device that'll fit on a keychain, and you can test whether water is drinkable or not in, like, two seconds. And it, it really works. I looked at the documentation of it and some studies. It's it's like this could actually save lives. And it's something that costs, you know, $35, $45 and fits on a keychain. So I, I like finding those little things that could, you know, I hopefully in the future will be really popular devices and standard things. But right now they're very small devices that are just being made. Another area of great focus and thanks by the way for drawing attention to devices that we might not have read about in the big headlines but uh the Mm -hmm. the 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 car thing uh smart cars and smart car technologies were certainly showcased this year what what did you personally make of that development well i think that car makers are kind of stuck right now because Cars are all, everything has to be smart now because of it. it's, it's it's internet connected. It has to connect with your calendar and your uh, your your Spotify, your music, and everything like that. Uh, but they can't be too smart because they're not autonomous yet. So car makers are not sure just how smart cars should be. So you have you know you have Alexa in a car, uh, but what are you going to really do? Like if you're a driver, there's only so many things that you want to do in a car, and you don't need them to be that smart you need it to do a map you need it to play your music when you uh when you want it to you need it to call people but do you really need it to set appointments while you're driving do you need to search um, you know for you know you need to google things and search for things or order products while you're driving no so i think that uh smart cars they're they don't need to be that smart but once they're uh, I, I think that voice voice is a better interface than the dials and little keypads and things that we have right now. So something, you know, these, the in-dash entertainment systems and stuff, they're getting smart because they have to be smart to use voice. And as long as you're getting smart, you may as well throw a few more things in there. So I, I think that they're, it's interesting and it's, it's fun if you're riding in one of these smart cars. It's very fun and gadgety. But I don't think that they're really going to change too much about the way that people drive yet. Yeah, I mean, I've got to say, I've not personally got on board with any of the voice uh, technology, even for my own gadgets and my phone. Um, Just something that doesn't feel intuitive to me yet. 
Do, but do you think that it is growing? Do, do, I mean, do, do you see that this as being the, the, the real future, that we are going to be operating many of our systems just by voice command? Well, certainly if you ask Google or Amazon, the voice communication, voice, voice activated devices are the future. Um, I'm a little more skeptical because there are, there are certain places where voice activation is great. And it's very helpful for some people, uh, for example, uh, blind people who can't, uh, you know, write or type easily. Um, are, it's very easy for them to use uh, voice commands to search for stuff, and that's really great. But, you know, beyond, you know, saying, hey, Alexa, play Tom Petty, or, uh, hey, how old is, uh, you know, the the prime minister of uh, Japan or something like that, beyond, beyond that kind of, like, quick, easy interaction, there's not that much reason why you would want to use voice instead of typing something in. And, of course, when you're in public, you kind of look like a fool if you... Uh, you know, hold your phone up to your face and say, Alexa, how tall is the, you know, the, the New York's uh, Empire State Building? Uh, why, yeah. why would you say that instead of just typing it in? Yeah, I, I think, again, just from personal experience, we can only judge this through our own eyes, but I probably spend a lot of time, more time than I need to, on all sorts of tasks uh, without making use of technology that's several years old let alone where we're currently heading with this technology. But let's welcome more listeners uh, to share your own thoughts on this and, and the direction of tech in your life. Powder Sharp 1013 for 51 per message. Are you, for example, using your voice to do anything on a daily basis, um, apart from speaking to people, obviously? Um, now, um, Mr. Colway, let's talk a little bit more about... Um, augmented reality, including how that affects cars. Um, something that I've been personally impressed with, sadly not with my own car, but I've, I've been in the car with others who've made a lot of use of this augmented uh, reality where where they'll see this, um, this display in front of them on their windscreen and it, and it will tell them all sorts of information. And it's really impressive. It, it, were you... Um, blown away by any particular developments in augmented reality this year? Well, I've, I've seen these things on and off in the last couple of years. And right now, people are pushing the augmented reality thing pretty hard, but they're, it, they're pushing it like with virtual reality as an entertainment platform, when really I think it's, as you said, it's, it's much more interesting as a utility, if, for example, in your car. Because wouldn't it be nice if you didn't have to look down at your dashboard to see how fast you're going, or if there's, you know, if your your car makes a ding, you don't have to look down and say, oh, my tire pressure is low. And when these cars are smart enough that they have sensors and things on them, and they could say, hey, watch out, there's a, you know, a kid up ahead in the, the street that you can't see very well, uh, and it just and it can display that right in front of you. Like that would be very helpful, and it may be it may increase safety a great deal. Uh, and prevent people from being distracted, having to look down at a screen to select the song or the radio. So I, I think that that's a very practical way of, uh, of applying it. The technology isn't quite there yet. You have companies like Magic Leap that are promising the world. They say, you know, they've got a billion dollars in funding. They keep saying, oh, we're going to change the world with this augmented reality thing. But they refuse to actually show the product. They've only just shown uh, like a very little tease of it. So nobody's, everybody seems to think that it's going to change the world, but nobody wants to actually demonstrate how that's going to happen. I think it's, it's an interesting technology, and it's certainly impressive when you actually use it, but nobody has really shown yet how it's going to change things, how it's going to make things better. But, it, you know, if promising technologies, ultimately, they find their own purposes. So it, it, just because it doesn't have anything really that interesting today doesn't mean that next year or the year after that there there won't be anything else interesting. Yeah, but certainly 
for applications like directions, showing you exactly where you're going to turn, because it can exactly. be confusing. Yeah, that's the kind of thing, yeah. Uh, it, it's yeah, quite and, amazing. And, and that'll help people out a lot. And imagine for emergency services and for people responding in a disaster, things like that, or engineers, there's lots of applications that aren't just, uh, you know, playing a game or, you know, seeing the directions overlaid on the, on the streets. But they, those, those will come in time. Well, if companies were vying for our attention um, within the car space, definitely the home was also a battleground this year. And Samsung drew a lot of attention for its first ever modular TV. In fact, it won as many as 41 awards. What exactly is a modular TV, first of all? And secondly, how impressive was it? Well, in, in, the details are pretty few on this TV, but you know, I have to say I'm I'm excited, but not necessarily really for the for the modular part. When they say it's modular, what they mean is that ordinary TVs there's a there's a big panel of a very specific size and shape, a big rectangle, and it fits in with the other electronics with lights in a certain position, and so you end up having to sort of choose between several specific sizes, you know, 42 inches, 55 inches, and it, it really limits how the TV is built, how it can be displayed, how it can be hung. But the modular, the modular TV that Samsung showed off can be, it can be any shape and it can be more or less any size. And so that, that gives a lot more flexibility. And you could have a 40-inch a TV, a 39-inch, 38, 41, whatever you want, and it could be wide or tall. And so that's, and that's, that's really nice. It's freeing for the consumer. It's, uh, it's interesting for Samsung to pursue different shapes and sizes. And personally, I just think it's great that they are pursuing a different type of technology uh, rather than trying to compete just on price or picture quality. You know, they're trying something different because the fact is LG is way ahead of them in the uh, OLED space. And so they're like, oh, well, OLED sucks now. We're going to do this micro LED thing. Nobody really knows a lot about the technology, and I'm, I'm looking forward to learning more. But the... The problem really with the modular thing, it's, it's impressive to think about, it's impressive in theory, but the truth is that the content isn't modular. And it's going to be 8K and you know, super high resolution and any shape you want. But the fact is 99% of what people watch is 16 by 9, 1080p content. And that's how most movies are presented, almost all TV shows. Uh, there's very little content that will be at home on a super wide, super high resolution TV. So the benefits to the average consumer, I think, are doubtful. But I, but I congratulate Samsung on, on trying something very new, and I, I really look forward to what they do with this technology. Other themes, while we have time, and we don't have much time left, um, that I noticed um, were wearables becoming far more focused rather than being the all-encompassing trend of previous years. Uh, and also... Um, the fall in wires, so or the decline in wires. So, so it seems like wires are being removed from the picture. Maybe we're looking at a, a fairly close future where we just don't deal with cords at all. Yeah, the uh, the wearables thing. You know, the, the the Apple Watch, which is sort of the runaway winner, and you have various watches from other companies, um, Samsung and LG and Sony and all that. Uh, but they're they're very general watches, and not everybody's really sure what smartwatches are actually for. So when you tell them something very specific, they, you say, this is for, for checking your blood pressure and uh, you know, blood oxygen levels or something, and you focus that right at the fitness world. 
or you have a location-based watch that's specific, specifically for kids, then you, you tell people what the smartwatch is for, and they say, oh, so that's what these things are for. So being specific with that helps out a lot. And with the wires thing, you know, now that, now that batteries are good enough, they can start removing the wires, and the wireless technology is, you know, fast enough, there's less uh, latency and doesn't take up so much power with, like, Bluetooth low energy – you know, everybody can everybody can do it, and they can experiment with different things. They can try, head, you know, earbuds and headphones that don't have wires. They can try game controllers and all kinds of things that don't have wires and speakers. You know, it's, it, they're trying lots of things because they're able to. And, you know, I say go for it. If it doesn't work out, then, you know, we won't see those next year. But maybe it'll prove very convenient. People like them. So I say, yeah, sure, cut off the wires if you think it'll help. And if it helps, good. Well, again, thank you very much for taking time to speak with us and sharing your insights from this year's Consumer Electronics Show 2018. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Likewise, Devin Coldway, Seattle-based writer and photographer for TechCrunch.